0: Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Today, we're talking about leading not just the next generation, but this current generation. You're going to love today's episode. Lean in. Uh, this is a great way to kick off this year uh, on our Thursday show. Listen, I also want to remind you that today's episode is brought to us by our good friends over at Ministry Grid. As we kick off this year, do you feel like you don't know where to start with volunteer training? Or if you do, is it hard to get everyone in the same place at the same time? Listen, we live in a generation where it is difficult to get people together. While well, Ministry Grid makes it simple to train every volunteer and leader in your church with a library of over 3,500 videos, uh, 850 courses. You'll be able to train everybody in your church. Uh, you can do it online Uh, While people are on the go, you can customize the content uh, by adding your own videos, PDFs, YouTube videos, and more to get unlimited access to Ministry Grid. It just costs, this is unbelievable, $597. That's amazing. Just go to ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary. Once again, that's ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary. This is the tool that you need to add to your tool belt as we kick off 2020. It's going to be a good one. Now, let's sit back and enjoy the rest of today's podcast let's go
1: Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast.
0: Well, hey everybody, happy Thursday. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. I'm excited about today's conversation. I think you're going to love it. You're going to lean in. Uh, this is an area that I know so many of our churches, we have to grow go in and just get better. And we've got Pastor Josh Finkley with us today. Excited to have him. He's from a church called The Rock. They're a non-denominational church in South Carolina. They've got five campuses, if I'm counting correctly, plus an online campus. Josh is the lead
2: pastor. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Rich, man. It's so exciting to be here with you.
0: Why don't we start with you kind of telling us a little bit of The Rock story, give us a sense of kind of what's happening. You're obviously one of the fastest growing churches in the country. And so we'd love to get to know you a little bit better.
2: Yeah, man, it's, um, I just count it an honor and a privilege to be able to serve here. I'll be honest. It's, um, it is a fun church to be a part of, um, very come as you are a church that really just believes that, that all people matter to God and especially this generation. Um, mm-hmm. and because of that, you know, we're doing everything we can just to reach people, uh, planting churches, going multi-site, um, just doing the best we can to, uh, just really love God and love people, man.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. If people were to arrive kind of on a weekend, give us a sense of kind of what your what your experience looks like, feels like. Try to give us some of that texture.
2: Yeah, um, you know, the, the language, come as you are. I know a lot of churches use that, but that is uh, from the parking lot in, you're definitely going to feel that. Um, it is a very dressed down church, uh, very just, uh, you know, just be who you are. Um, when you come into uh, the worship experience, uh, we truly try to make it an experience where we really, um, especially we know um, with this generation that you really want to um, experience God. So we do a, a lot of worship on the front half, but then just mm-hmm. as much worship on the back half after the message as well, uh, just to uh, really help people get engaged. Um, and you're going to see all walks of life. Uh, you're going to see people from every uh, background. um You know, um, from socioeconomic to uh, ethnic diversity, you're going to see older people, you're going to see younger people. Um, And then each campus we have does have a different flavor based on where they were planted, uh, but still a very come as you are um, experience for sure.
0: Okay, very cool. Well, one of the things I've noticed just as at a distance, it appears like your church is obviously, and you've kind of touched on this a little bit, is doing just a really good job reaching Gen Z, that that generation after the millennials. And uh, I'd love to hear um, you know, that kind of whole conversation, what is it that you're learning on that front? What are you, when you're thinking about reaching Gen Z, what would you say are some of those things uh, that we should be thinking about as we're, um, you know, thinking about, you know, this whole kind of next generation?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I love the fact that, that the conversation goes to Gen Z. As, as Rich, you know, that We've been talking about millennials for so long that the millennial generation is actually an older generation. Now, I'm an Xer, um, but I've but spent most of my life working with people younger than me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I got to give just a little backstory that mm-hmm. uh, for me, I, I spent most of my life in some type of youth ministry slash student ministry. And when I turned 40, I just I had seen several different uh, transitions in in student ministry and in the age brackets, and uh, I started just praying about what was next, and I picked up um, Think Orange by Reggie Joyner, and uh, it kind of just changed my thinking. I was like, all right, I got to do something different, and uh, I remember looking at my wife when I was done reading the book saying, I've got to become a lead pastor. She's like, but you love student ministry, and I said, I know the only way for me to effectively really do student ministry the way I want to now is to be, uh, in that lead seat, because I think we're going to have to make some changes, um, holistically to really, uh, reach this generation, uh, to reach Gen Z. Um, and, uh, so, so I started looking for a church that had that same passion and, and got connected here at The Rock. And, and, uh, so we really do everything we can now, uh, to reach that generation. Now, some people will immediately throw their hands up and be like, well, if you do that, you're missing so many others. But but we have found when you, when you focus on this generation, you really mm-hmm. will reach all generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a parent of two teenagers. Uh, I love the fact that my kids love church. Uh, we have grandparents. Grandparents want to see their kids in church. So yep. you really can reach all generations. And uh,
0: Yeah. I- I love that. As an Xer, so I'm a Gen X as well, born in 1974, I am the bottom of the X pile, literally uh, the lowest birth rate year of the 20th century. And so I uh, totally understand that. And I really, you know, have spent a lot of my ministry in the same kind of thing. How do we pass this thing on to the next generation? And so, you know, I wonder if we could get into a couple of those pieces that like are maybe some of the things you've done different or some of the Mm -hmm. things you're learning or maybe the questions you're asking um, as you're trying to frame your ministry around uh, Gen Z and beyond?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, one big thing we do, and it's language that um, as far as I know, it's original of me and uh, (laughs) not trying to claim it, but it's just, I have to explain it because you'll hear me say this generation a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, as a youth pastor, I I never wanted the kids to be called the church of tomorrow or the church of the future, uh, because I really believe that they're now um, yet, even in church culture, we call them the next generation. Uh, we have next generation pastors and next generation ministries. And and uh, we've really, like just from a practical standpoint, uh, we've uh, used the phrase here at The Rock all the time, uh, this generation, uh, they're not next, they're now. Um, so we do everything we can to, to help uh, young adults, teenagers, kids understand that they are kingdom workers today that God's going to do great things through them today. So uh, we do everything we can to put them in leadership positions, whether that's leading on stage in worship, um, hiring uh, people from this generation. Uh, one big thing we've started doing is uh, our kids uh, and a lot of churches have, this will be multiple service kids um, mm. because you have somebody attending service and then uh uh, working or serving at a service. So we have those kids, especially if, if they've grabbed a hold of it and desire it. Uh, we now have elementary kids who lead the small groups of um, kids younger than them. And obviously they deal with a, a, an older coach in their life. Uh, but we have fifth graders now who are leading the small groups of the kindergartners. Um, so it's just a way to all the way through the ages to enforce uh, you're not next year now. And um, it's that that's been one huge thing uh, that we definitely do. Um, and, and again, to use that phrase, this generation. Um, and then another yeah. thing we're doing for just a practical standpoint.
0: Yeah, yeah is, totally.
2: um, we, we've uh, we've pr- pretty much just said no more programming, just mm. personal touch. Um, hmm. And I grew up in the days of big youth program. Like, let's <laughs> Pull out the band. Let's do the gimmicks. Let's have games. Let's give away dollars. You know all those things, and uh, and, and you know the church started to, to shift a little bit because then we started bringing those things into what what some might call the adult worship venue. Um, mm-hmm. So we you know we we've the student ministry started to change a little bit. Well, for us, we really just said rather than think about a program, think about a person. And it really goes hand in hand with our whole church because we tell everybody in church, you just need to get teamed up because when you get teamed up, you get a coach in your life. Uh, So for our students, let's just talk like our teenagers for a second. Uh, Our big thing is, is is we don't care if they're going to uh, the student house groups or to the middle school ministry. We care that they've got a coach in their life. So if they're serving on a nine o'clock greeting team, well, they've got a coach in their life. So they're part of the student ministry. Uh, if they're serving on the worship team, they've got a coach in their life. So it doesn't matter if they come to a Wednesday night program or anything like that. What matters is that they have a coach in their life. And um, even to our student pastors, our this gym pastor, um, he knows the metrics that he is held by is how many kids in our church are teamed up, not how many kids went to um, a Wednesday night house group. Um Wow. Something like that. So that's a, that's kind of a big change. That's a right
0: there. yeah. That's a fascinating metric. I love that. Um, you know that real focus on you know how many people are connected with other folks with this kind of coach thing. I I love that. I think that's a a really unique and really drives. It puts legs to the we're not about we're not programming driven. Um, because I think so many churches say that, but they don't, then they just kind of do everything the same.
2: Yeah, if, but we still didn't push them programs.
0: Yeah, exactly. We say we're not programming driven, but here's our programs. What does your Sunday morning look like, you know, to in that context of saying, like, hey, we're we're not doing the the kind of The whatever it is like and and that has been I totally hear what you're saying that has been my like I am unabashedly have spent most of my career in the attractional church model. So Mm -hmm. that's where I spent most of my time. So how would you talk about what you do Sunday morning that kind of reflects that or what you know that, that kind of front door, how does that look a little different for you guys?
2: Yeah. I mean, well, one, I mean, it will look attractional church. I totally get it with what you're saying there that, you know, when you come into the church and the things that we're trying to do is, is we, I do believe the gospel is attractional. Um, Mm -hmm. the difference is that one, you know, we don't try to do a youth program in the middle of the week, Because we, you know, and when I say youth program, I mean worship geared for students, whether that would be Mm -hmm. a separate Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whatever it might be. Because we say what happens on the weekend is for teenagers. Like Mm -hmm. all of our adults, you know, they've heard that from the stage multiple times that Mm -hmm. what we're doing on a weekend service is for this gin, which Mm -hmm. our churches, you know, especially those who are inside, would understand that means for basically a 30 year old and down. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, the way that will look on stage, for instance, we do Thursday night service. So last night, uh, we had a 20 year old and a 19 year old as our main worship leaders. Um, and then, uh, you know, to behind them was a 22 year old next to him was a 23 year old. Uh, it's a lot of this gin on stage leading us in worship and they made some mistakes, but that's Mm -hmm. okay because I would much rather empower somebody young and, and we can walk alongside of them, and we've got a, a worship pastor um, who's a millennial, but he does a phenomenal job of coaching up those who are younger. And then, you know, for for me, inside of like even my teaching, I'm constantly trying to think um, in terms that this gen knows. I'm trying to think in in um, a sermon context, like for instance, our last, um, sermon series was called don't at me. Um, mm. and honestly, Rich, I have to tell you, like I had people on my team say, Josh, we got to call this series. Don't at me. I was like, okay, what's that mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I
2: love it. You know, and I just confessed that as a leader, you know, it's was like, guys, listen, I had to have the younger people on my staff tell me what this meant, but mm-hmm. for all the younger people, they get it, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so we have the younger people on our staff who, who will come alongside of me Um, and help me that way. And, and then just in a teaching style, I would say, um, I just try to keep everything on that lower shelf. Um, I mean, if you kind of think about it at your house, uh, you don't put the cereal on the top shelf. You put the cereal in the place in the cupboard where everybody in the family can grab it. Mm -hmm. Um, so from a teaching, I'm really trying to just think how does, how does a teenager receive what I'm trying to say, which means preaching under 30 minutes. Um, I would love to go longer, but for the teenagers in the crowd, the middle school in the crowd, I do everything I can to keep it under 30.
0: Yeah, so a couple things to just I want to pull out there. You you just blew, blew over them because they're just natural for you, but I think they might be things that are not natural for folks that are listening in. One, I love how you are obviously surrounding yourself with younger leaders, mm-hmm. I, which I think may sound like an obvious thing for folks that are listening in, but if you don't have younger leaders around you, um, you're, you, and you don't have the relationship with them to be able to say, Hey, I'm not sure what this even means. <laughs> um, you'll never be able to reach, uh, you know, this gen and beyond. You won't be able yeah. to do that. And so love that. How have you been able to cultivate those relationships? What does that look like? How have you kind of, um, you know, kind of positioned yourself to be able to develop those relationships?
2: Um, one, I, I think just recognizing in the church budget, I, it was a lot uh, easier to hire somebody that was young than somebody who had 15 years experience. Um, Sure. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Understandable. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
2: But no, just really um, looking at some of our current leaders going, all right, who is currently in college that you see great potential in, you know, and uh, as most, uh, not most churches, but a lot of churches, you know, doing hiring from within, you know, so when you get that kid who's, a senior in high school, a freshman in college, and they're staying at our local university. you're like all right let's let's bring them on as a resident let's let's talk to them let's let's get them in as an intern over the summer mm-hmm. um, so we'll have high school um, juniors and seniors uh, intern over the summer, you know so then you start putting that ministry in them and um, so we've got a couple people on staff, uh, three people at least that I know of on staff who started as interns um, from who grew up in our church or grew up in the area. Um, you know, so I I think just looking from within and just continuing to disciple them and raise them up. But then I I think another big part, because I think it's, I think that you're right, that we kind of get that we should have young, younger people around us and on staff. But one big thing that I've had to do is realize I have to defer to them when making Mm -hmm. decisions. Mm-hmm. Now, That's you know, good. I've got 30 years of ministry experience, so there's sometimes I go, hey, this is the right thing we need to do. We need to go this direction. But then there's a lot of times it really doesn't matter. You know, I'll have our guy who's 24. He does our graphics. He'll come in and uh, he'll be like, Josh, I, I need to know what you think about this graphic. I'm like, why are you asking me? I, You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to turn to you and go. Do you like it? Have you asked the other younger people on staff if they like it? Mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. that's really all that matters, you know, and and really pulling from them and and deferring to them so that they're making decisions and they're leading.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, I've joked in other contexts and with worship leaders, I've made this joke as, you know, like. I, uh, if it was left up to me, our worship would sound, you know, our, our weekends would sound like you two. but like yeah. my kid, uh, my kids are a part of that generation of, you remember there was like, I don't know, this was probably four or five years ago now when you two dumped a bunch of music on, um, like people's iPhones and like, my kids were pissed off. They were like, what is all this music on my phone? Yeah. I don't want this junk on here. And, uh, and I often think about that, that I think we, um, you know, we're we need to look harder at, you know, the sound of what we're doing, the look of what we're doing, the feel of what we're doing, and we need to be willing to relinquish to the next generation. And, and so, I, yeah, some great examples here. Now, I know you've got kind of a unique approach to church planting. I'd love for you to kind of unpack that a little bit, how you've got into opening new locations. Uh, could you talk us through that a little bit?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, we sat around and we just, you know, a couple of years ago, we talked about Vision 2020 we said, what do we want to be about as a church? And, you know, one of those was this generation, but then one of the other ones was planting churches. But, mm-hmm. you know, we are a very, um, like I said, come as you are, blue collar and younger church. So, you know, finances are kind of limited and and it does cost to plant churches. So we, we really started talking about it and said, what if we just try to creatively plant church? Like, let's just look at doing it different. And Right. And it really has opened our mind to try different things um, One is uh, we had our local jail come to us and say, "Hey, is there any way you all would do church inside the jail and wow. uh, that's not new, but because mm-hmm. of technology it's really become something very uh, just feasible and uh, so we we do church in the local jail every week where anywhere from fifteen to twenty percent of the population is joining us in service. Um, and because it's a local jail, many of them get out, and they're local people. So uh, I meet people every week at church who say, "Hey, I've been attending the Rock for three months, but this is my first time at this campus." And <laughs> I'm like, "Where you been?" They're like, "We've been. I've been at J. Ruben." I'm like, "Dude, that's awesome!" And um, yeah, that's and it seems like I, I'm just saying. Last week on Thursday night, we had a, a girl get out of jail in the afternoon on Thursday and came to service on Thursday night met her host who had been in, uh, who'd go to jail every week and do church with her, met her at church on Thursday night and got baptized that night. I mean, wow. it's just an incredible opportunity and huh. just cool to see uh, just the discipleship there. That's one way. And then a big way that we just stumbled on is um, we opened up a coffee bar on what we kind of call our original campus, our campus in Conway. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just because there was an old Shoney's on the property. We bought a strip mall. And uh, so we're doing church out of that, but there was this adjacent building that had a Shoney's in it. And uh, we turned it into a public coffee bar. So it doesn't have the church name on it. If you're local or if you come in all the time, you know the church owns it, but it truly is marketplace Mm -hmm. ministry. And uh, we just thought we'd do one, and then it was going well, and we've got a university about five miles away that we just had a heart to reach those 15,000 students and said, well, let's just plan another coffee bar. So mm-hmm. we opened a coffee bar across the street from the university, and uh, it's a coffee bar six days a week, and on Sunday nights, we do church out of it. Um, and then we just opened a coffee bar honestly it opened yesterday in oh, nice. Vegas where we're doing it uh for the third time and wow. uh, we've already seen some great traction there so
0: yeah what would you say that's fascinating what would you say you know are maybe just a couple. There's a we I probably have a whole episode just talking about that. But a <laughs> yeah. couple kind of high level. Um. Hey, here's you know here's some mistakes we made when we stepped into doing this coffee bar thing. Or here are a couple things that you know I would suggest people think about if they're you know wanting to pattern a similar you know conversation. And obviously you know there's there's a lot we could talk about there. But just yeah, even a few yeah. kind of initial things.
2: I, I think one is the biggest thing is whether it's a coffee bar or whatever it is, is find the need of the community and meet it. That's really all we've done is we we found a need and the needs, not the coffee. The need is community. Like people are looking for community and we're meeting it through the coffee bar and then planting the church out of it. You know, if, if, if coffee wasn't working and we figured out we could open up a hamburger joint, we'd do that or a laundromat or whatever it is. Um, mm. so, so that's the first and foremost, um, Secondly, on a high level, uh, Mark Batterson with National Community Church. uh, I think I don't know if he's the originator of it, but he's definitely the most uh, famous that I know of of doing this type of ministry. And he's got tons of resources. We learned from them. They've got some great resources they've made available for if you're um, how to do this legally and and all of those things. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And then I would just say the big thing for us has been. Uh, that we made it. It's not a Christian coffee bar at all. Um, mm-hmm. It is a public coffee bar where ministry happens. Um, and uh, that would be a big thing I would say is, you know, uh, if you, if you, I, it would struggle to function really well inside of our big church building because people would know they're coming to church to get coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a separate facility. It's a separate thing but we just love people. Well, um, our baristas, uh, are pretty much all this generation, either upper high school, college age kids, um, who uh, are just loving people and living on mission and working part-time jobs for them. Uh, it's volunteer. We, we do a lot of volunteer hours, but there's always paid staff here. Cause if you're going to offer any kind of product to people, it's gotta be great product. It can't be a sucky product. Um, And then, um, you know, like I say, the end result was doing something that would meet the need. And we met the need of the community and it gave us the right to have conversations. And uh, the conversations have led uh, to some great conversations about Jesus and people because of the coffee bar going, I want to attend church. So for us, one of the coffee bars is just a video venue um, on Sunday mornings. And then the other two, they are live venues um, on Sunday Mm nights.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, one of the things about this, gen, kind of just as we're coming to land here, just kind of quickly, is uh, this really, this idea of being, you know, really a digital generation. It's a, a generation that, um, you know, lives through the cell phone. And how is that kind of, how do you think about that? How are you thinking about uh, really structuring your ministry to, to ensure that you're kind of leveraging the digital tools that you have? How has that impacted your, uh, your ministry?
2: Yeah, Rich. I mean, one, I think we're on the front end of it. Um, I, I think we have so much growth that we personally as a church needs to do, but also just church worldwide. Um, I, I, I do believe that the church is going to look at digital media like the church did years ago when we looked at going from hymns to choruses, that if we don't go digital, we're going to miss a generation of of potential people who are, need to follow Christ. Um, for us, uh, it's little things that we're attempting, uh, for instance, um, in our teenagers, our high school, um, kids, like I said, many of them are serving on teams and that's the way they're teamed up, but we also do house groups. So, um, there's uh, several different houses just throughout the different communities in our town. Uh, like, like most places, you know, uh, we've got different communities throughout a drivable area of our church. So we just drop house churches there, uh, or excuse me, house groups there where, where teenagers can come and they can get a coach in their life and do small group and stuff like that. Well, those groups function first off of a YouTube video. So mm-hmm. our, this gen team produces about a, 10 to 15 minute, almost like a podcast, you know, obviously video based. Um, Mm -hmm. And then our our students are able to watch that and then have small group discussions. The benefit, though, is, you know, kids are busy. So the kids that weren't able to come to small group, the Mm -hmm. coach of that house is able to go, hey, Sarah, we missed you this week. Here's the YouTube link. Hey, watch this. I got one question for you and ask a question. Oh, they do that through text or Instagram or, or things of that nature. So using YouTube that way. And then also uh, we've really started, just started the process. So I don't even know if it's going to be successful, um, but, but we're, we're moving all of our, any kind of class that we're offering at church, mm-hmm. we're moving it to a digital format So we used to do starting point every three weeks. Um, And starting point for us was basically that come in, sit with us for an hour. We're going to tell you about the church. We're going to tell you about how you can get involved. Well, now when a first time guest comes and they check in, there's a a workflow that goes to them digitally. All of our check in systems, uh, all of our connect corner systems are all digital. So we don't have any paper at church. Um, but when they do that, obviously it sends them a text immediately. Said, "Hey, thanks for coming to the Rock today." It sends them a follow-up email to download our app, and then a couple of days later, they'll get another email that says, "Hey, if you'd love to take Starting Point, it's right on the app. Go ahead and jump in." Um, and uh, so that that platform is now a digital platform, um, and again, we're on the front edge of it. Um, but we're we're thinking about trying to do that with uh, our financial classes, do that with some marriage classes, still do a community aspect um, because we Mm -hmm. want relationship, but also doing it in a digital format.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. That's, that's fantastic. Well, this has been a great conversation. i found this so helpful. I've been taking notes. It's been going here. Lots of good, uh, conversation pieces for sure. Uh, Josh, is there anything else you'd love to share, uh, just as we wrap up today's episode?
2: Man, I just, I'm thankful. I'm uh, That's probably the biggest thing to say is I'm thankful to mm-hmm. to be a part of, one, this conversation, but just even as the church, um, man, there's just so many people that need Jesus. Uh, mm. This generation needs Jesus. And I just really believe if, if we'll just do everything we can to take the gospel out. Um, so so I'd encourage anybody who's listening, just look at your community needs and, and look at how you can just do some some gospel ministry through it. So uh, I, I appreciate your podcast every week, man, and uh, just helping us do ministry better. Because there's definitely things that we didn't learn in seminary. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this. My favorite thing I didn't learn in seminary was what I call chairology. Uh-huh. Um, and that is the bottom line is you got to know how to set up chairs when you go into a room. <laughs> That's
1: many great. Times
2: I used to go, we're going to have 200 kids. So I'd set up 200 chairs and then you have 50 and you, and you feel awful. But the time, uh, you 50, chairs, 50 chairs and you need 150, you feel great. So
0: Yeah, that's great. Love it. That's so good. Well, Josh, I appreciate being on the show today. If people want to track with you or with the church, what's the best? Where, where should we send them online? That sort of thing.
2: Yeah, um, the church website is rockc3.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you go there, you can uh, – my uh, – Bios on there and Instagram and all that's on there. So just rockc3.com. Easiest way to learn more about the church, the coffee bar, and uh, can easily connect with me that way as well.
1: That's great.
0: Josh, appreciate you on the show today.